Well, if you guys would, please open your Bibles up to Hebrews. The book of Hebrews is where we're going to be in uh, today. And I uh, just want to say thank you guys for coming out. We've been uh, really kind of preparing for this day and, and uh, kind of foreseeing it for a few months now. Our goal for uh, the beginning of the year was for us to eventually move out of the, uh, the Marriott Hotel where we were. And praise God, we were celebrating the birth of His Son, Jesus Christ, here together in our new building. So guys, give him a round of applause for his great glory. <laughs> Praise God. I won't speak too much. I know you guys are probably hungry. This should kind of be a quick little thing, but I want to kind of revisit that night. The, the night where Jesus was born. That nice, warm, nice, summery night where Jesus was born. Yes, I said summery night probably, right? Right, summer night? Some people say it was September... Some people say it was October, some say March, June, but everyone will agree that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Now, I know you kids are probably like, oh my God, it's not that big of a deal. We celebrate the birth of Christ on December 25th, but the more important thing is not when he was born or anything like that, but the important fact is that he was born. In fact, I know it doesn't even, a lot of scholars will argue when he was born. He would, they would argue that he was born in this month or this month. But I know this, a couple of things will, will tell you that he was not born December 25th. One, I'm a redneck. And so I kind of figured this out. And as I was researching, a lot of other people kind of figured out that the shepherds were actually uh, shepherding their flock in the fields, tending to their flock of sheep out in the fields at night. And the only reason why they would ever shepherd them at night was to watch over them for the attacks of the wolves or anything like that. And they would also go feed them and have them graze out in, in the wilderness and in the fields while the grass is growing. Now, if you're a redneck, you understand anything about farming and ranching. You know that you never take your animals out in the dead of winter, in the middle of the night, in the middle of an open field, because it's too cold for them. You pin them up into a, a pen or inside of a quarry, a rock quarry somewhere where they're sheltered from the elements. And in the morning, during the daylight, where there's sun out, then you take them out. But this was done at night, and so you can kind of say, like, it must have been a more warmer month. Another, another reason why it was never done in December 25th, Jesus was not born December 25th, was the Jewish, uh, uh, well, Jews would tell you that it was always a, something to do with, uh, Jesus was always had to deal with a Jewish feast day. There was no feast day during that. In fact, the last feast day was actually held around September, October time. And that's probably more or less where a lot of scholars say Jesus was born, September or October. But we celebrate the 25th. And like I said, it doesn't matter what day he was born. It doesn't matter when he was born. It was far more important than, than anything about that. But what the date was, what's more important is the fact that he was born. Not the fact that he came into the nativity scene. Not the fact that, that God was uh, with us, which is a very important thing to understand. But this, that he was born. He didn't just poof and pop up out of nowhere. He was born. Scripture tells us this in the Gospel of Luke. When, when Joseph and his little prego wife were going out to, to be registered for the census that was at the time, they had to go back to the city of, of, of his lineage, which is the city of David, which is Bethlehem. And they go back into there, and while they're looking, they get there kind of late because I mean, she's pregnant. She's about to stop and pee a bunch of times, and I'm hungry, and my feet hurt. And, you know, Joseph is probably on the rubber feet, and probably has a back pillow. And so they're, on, they're walking over to Drew. They probably 
weren't even on a donkey at the time, because that was just, imagine if you're pregnant, imagine yourself riding a donkey. It's a miracle Jesus didn't pop out during the ride to Jerusalem if she was on a donkey. So they go to uh, Bethlehem, and, and they get there, and they're locking around on the doors. They're trying to find a place to sleep. There's no place to go, and they finally found room in a stable, which was more likely an old cave or a cavern area where the animals would take shelter. We talked about that with the shepherds. And they go and they take shelter there, and they have this baby Jesus. You see it here in Luke 2, 6 and 7. It says, and while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid them in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. The fact is that he was Born And why is that so important to us as followers of Christ, as disciples of Christ? Why is it so important that Jesus was born? For those of you uh, parents, I want you guys to think about the very first time you saw your firstborn child. Dads, you remember that moment? Moms, you remember that moment? Okay, I remember that moment when I first saw Ryan. I, 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 can, I remember the joy I felt and just the excitement. And we're rushing over to the uh, emergency room. We get there, and they lay Sarah on the bed, and they strap her feet up in the thing. And it's like, go, you know. And, and so we're just like down there. We're getting ready, you know, and Sarah's pushing. And, and I remember just the sweat coming off her face and the sweat coming off my face and the pain she was in and the pain that I was in, just seeing her in that pain. And, and the nurses were like, you need to, you know, start pushing. And Sarah's like, I am. You know, and so we, it's this big, long, crazy thing, and it's just this, this immense sense of, of what's going to happen, and it's coming, it's coming. Here it comes, and I see, you know, you know the head of, of Ryan, you know, breaching, and it's coming out, and, and then I see Ryan. I remember the first thing I thought when I saw Ryan was, my God, he's so beautiful. And the second thought I said when I looked at Ryan, I said, what the heck is he covered in? Why is his nose so flat? Why is he so like, oh, like, what's this blue stuff on him, you know? And it, it made me realize that, that that little bump in my wife's tummy was a human. Like, it was real. They say that women are automatically connected to their baby upon conception. The men are automatically connected to their child upon seeing the baby for the first time because we don't have that connection. It's never real. There's a bump on the belly, and that's okay. That could be gas. I don't know. But for the most part, we connect with our child when we see the child for the first time. And that's what I felt. I saw Ryan for the first time, and I said, My gosh, this is a human being. We have created life. Score. He was real. And listen, he was human. And listen, the same way Ryan was born and came into the world, so was Jesus. Jesus Christ was born into the world. Mary was going crazy, screaming, probably throwing bells of hay across the room like exorcist style, man. He was born, okay? And he grew up human. And upon that stable, he was born into the world, this earth, and he grew up as a human. Luke 2, 41 talks about the time that they went to Jerusalem, and they're down in the town, and everyone's having a good time, and they're getting ready to go home, and they're like, they're walking home, and they're like, hey, Mary, you got, Joseph, you got, you got Jesus? And Joseph's like, what? He's on his iPad, he's on the iPhone, he's like, what? Huh? I thought you had the kid, you know? And Dad, you ever had that moment? I thought you had the kid. No, I thought you had the kid. 
crap, who got the kid? And they had this, oh my gosh, we lost the Son of God moment. And so they, they run back and they search for Jesus for three days. I wonder if Jesus was just kind of like popping up and like hiding and kind of like being like, you know, all, you know, crazy with them, like playing with them, you know. But they found Jesus in the temple and he's like, guys, shit, man, I was here the whole time, guys, what's up? You know, like he was human. He was a smart aleck kid probably, okay? I mean, he probably scraped his knee running around with his friends. He probably got a busted up lip in a little brawl with his brothers. Because you gotta know Jesus and his brothers kind of had a little falling out. I mean, your brother's son of God, I think that's formed for some jealousy. He never does anything wrong, you know? I wouldn't doubt it if, if, if he played some type of childhood sport back then, too. I wouldn't doubt it if, if, if he did the whole mom, mom, mommy, mom, mother, mom, you know? I wouldn't doubt it if he did that. He was real. I wouldn't doubt it, check this, if a little girl or two in Nazareth didn't catch his eye. He had feelings. He was real. Words came out of his mouth. Breath came out of his mouth. He had thoughts and dreams and goals and things that was on his mind. Blood flowed through his veins. And he had nights where he got sick. He had nights where his mom had to cuddle with him and hold him tight and take care of him. He had nights and days where his dad would teach him things. Jesus was a carpenter and so was Joseph. Can you imagine the picture of Jesus grabbing the nails that would one day nail him to the cross? He was real. He probably got splinters from working with wood and he probably smashed his, finger, his thumb with a hammer. He was real. Another thing about Jesus wasn't just that he was real, and was the fact that he was also, he was, he was human. He was tempted with every sin that you and I have been tempted with before. It says here that he spent 40 days in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights in the wilderness, being tempted with the, with the enemy by, by, by Satan himself. And at the end of, that, of that, that time that he was going through there and having temptations in the wilderness and fasting, he was trying to, to fast and stay pure and pray and, and stay focused on his father. It says that the enemy said this, it said, And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time, which means I wasn't done yet, man. Just wait till I can get you again. He was tempted by the devil constantly. That must have been like mission impossible for Satan, but that was what he went through. So every sin that we struggle with as humans, everything that we have, he has went through it as well. And guess what? He overcame everyone as well. This matters to us because it shows that Jesus can relate to us. It shows that Jesus understands you. It shows that Jesus is right there with you, that he sees you. He knows your heart. He understands your struggles. He understands your pain. He understands your thoughts. He understands your battles. He understands your addictions. He understands you because at one time, he was you. Jesus was human. And beloved church here, that is a beautiful news. That while he was fully God, he was also fully man. And he understands what you go through. 
And why is this beautiful news to us today? It's beautiful news to us because when we pray to God, when we pray to Jesus for guidance, when we pray to God for help, when we pray to God and to Jesus to, 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 for salvation, we can know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's not up there on the right hand of God shaking his head being like, you pathetic little, oh man, you're worthless. I can't believe you sinned again. Look at you. You fell into your temptation again. You fell right back into that world of lust. You fell right back into that, that sense of what you were going through before. I died on the cross for you, and here you go through, and this is how you show your love for me. You keep going back to this for me. You, no, he says, I understand because I went through it. You know what? It's tough. But isn't it God's plan beautiful? This beautiful, radical plan that God constructed, and in it, God said that I will make a way for you to overcome those temptations. I will make a way for you to have victory over those temptations. And there will be no condemnation for those who are in you, in Christ Jesus. He said, I will make a way. I will make a way. And it's this crazy idea I got that I will send my son Jesus Christ to earth to be tempted in everything that you've gone through. In every sin that you go through, he's going to go through it. And the reason why he's going to go through it is that you can know that there is hope that no matter what you go through, you can overcome it through the son Jesus Christ. And he did that as a human. So I don't want to hear this nonsense that you can't get past your sin. It's too much. And I tell you, if that is the sense that you have, you haven't met my God, because my God is bigger and stronger than anything. He has overcome all sins and all temptations. And through him, we have overwhelming victory. I'll leave you guys with this. This is the most beautiful passage of Scripture I think I've read here recently. It says Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 4. It's on the screen. says, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Since we have a great high priest, we have someone to go to the temple for us. We have someone to speak to God for us. We have someone to be that connection to God for us. And the great high priest back in the day would, would go around and he would sacrifice the, the calves. He would sacrifice the lamb for the sins of all the people of the city. They call him the, the priest, the great high priest. But here it's saying that we have a great high priest, a better high priest, a priest that is stronger and better than any priest here upon earth. We have Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. That Jesus sympathizes with all of your weaknesses and all of your struggles. But one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Ladies and gentlemen, beloved church, if you're here today and you're struggling with something, I'm telling you, you don't have to struggle with that for very long. It says here that we can come with confidence and draw near to the throne of God with grace. He has set forth a perfect plan 
to send Jesus Christ into the world through the Virgin Mary, through the birth, to become human, to go from the manger to the cross, and to die for all of our sins. And all we have to do is choose to believe that today. And we can do that with confidence, knowing that he sympathizes with our dirtiness and our wickedness. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much. God, thank you for the son that you have sent to us, the sacrifice, the human blood sacrifice, and the perfect spotless lamb sacrifice of your son, Jesus Christ. God, that we never grow weary or we never grow contempt with the, the idea of salvation, that we always have a sense of awe, a great sense of uh, awesomeness upon the cross, that we see the cross and we marvel at the cross. That when we see the cross, we see our sins hanging upon that cross and we see glory shining upon that through us. God, may your Son, Jesus Christ, never leave our eyes and our thoughts and our mind. May we never forget that he was once human, that he bled like us and shed tears like us. He had family who loved him, people who followed him, people who hated him. He was tempted with every sin that we've ever been tempted with, and that goes from the, the small, pettiest lie to the dirtiest sin that we can think of. That he overcame every sin in this world, and he brought victory to us, and through him we can have eternal life. Christian, if that is, if that is you today, I pray that you never forget that, but if that is not you here today, and that is something that you find just captivating when you take the step and make the, the conscious choice today to follow Christ, to give your life up to him and to, to just fall upon the cross and just give, forget, ask for forgiveness for what you have done. If that is something that is a begging in your heart and stirring in your heart. May you please make that choice today. And upon your seat and to yourself, if you want to pray that to yourself, pray it to yourself. If you want to wait till you get home to really let that stir in your heart, you let that stir in your heart. But I tell you this, if you do make that choice, please tell one of us today or tomorrow, whenever you make that choice, let us know so that we can continue to walk with you. And you trust Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. And all of God's people said, amen. Y'all watch this real quick.